财富自由，富是父亲的富。两个中年爸爸闲聊美股、流行，另类育儿经。财富自由想象是百灵果跟古玩的结合。告诉你谁是 Magnificent Seven 科技七五四？你该买瘦瘦比双巨头吗？从马斯克到泰勒斯，从华尔街到好莱坞，我们都追得上。新的一年听新的 Podcast， 让我们一起财富自由。富是父亲的富哦。A congressional delegation from the U.S. has arrived in Taiwan. The group is led by Mike Gallagher, the chair of the House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party. The representatives on Thursday sat with President Tsai Ing-wen and Vice President Lai Qingde. During the meetings, Gallagher said the visit represented the U.S.'s bipartisan support for Taiwan. He also thanked Tsai for her strong leadership, adding that Taiwan-U.S. relations were rock solid. President Tsai Ing-wen greets her guests like old friends. They are the members of a U.S. congressional delegation visiting Taiwan. So you just arrived. Just arrived at 5:30 a.m. The delegation is led by U.S. Representative Mike Gallagher, who chairs the House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party. With him are committee-ranking member Roger Krishnamurthy from the Democratic Party, John Mulinar of the Republican Party, Seth Moulton of the Democratic Party, and Dusty Johnson of the Republican Party. Today, you are leading a bipartisan congressional delegation to Taiwan, demonstrating staunch U.S. support for Taiwan's democracy through concrete action. Your visit further highlights the close partnership between Taiwan and the U.S. I would like to thank the U.S. administration and Congress for continuing to assist Taiwan in strengthening its self-defense capabilities through the National Defense Authorization Act and other channels. Together, we are safeguarding freedom and democracy and maintaining regional peace. How rare it is, at least in our system, for a party to win the presidency、uh, really for three terms.、Uh, and I think、uh, this unprecedented occurrence here in Taiwan is a testament to your leadership,、uh, your vision, and the strength you've demonstrated for the past eight years. Besides regional security, President Tsai also seized the occasion to help Taiwan and its economic and trade goals. We also look forward to legislation on the Taiwan-U.S. double taxation issue, which was mentioned in the economic report by the Select Committee last year, being completed as soon as possible. This will create more profitable niches for businesses both in Taiwan and the U.S. and build a mutually beneficial trade and economic environment. Today, we've come as Democrats and Republicans to show our bipartisan support. For this partnership, which, thanks to your leadership, I think is stronger and more rock-solid than ever, Gallagher is 39 years old and is currently serving his fourth term in the U.S. House of Representatives. In 2023, he became the chair of the House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party. He has a hawkish stance on China and previously introduced a report with 10 policy recommendations to preserve peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait. Gallagher has announced he won't be running for election again, and on Thursday joked that perhaps Tsai would like to run to be his successor. Since I know you're going to leave office soon, and I'm not running for re-election, if you want to try your hand in American politics, the people of Northeast Wisconsin、uh, would welcome you throwing your hat into our race. But you may be overqualified. Yeah, exactly. As a Democrat. That's right. That's right. Oh,、uh, okay. Yeah. Took us the whole. 
I would like to tell Chair Gallagher on a personal note that we still need you in the U.S. Congress so that you can continue to help us safeguard peace and democracy around the world in the future facing authoritarian expansionism and also different kinds of challenges. Vice President-elect Xiaobi Kim and I will work together when we are inaugurated on May 20th. We will unite and work together with the people of Taiwan. The delegation will stay in Taiwan for three days until February 24th. Besides their meeting with President Tsai and Vice President Lai Qingde, the group is scheduled to attend a banquet hosted by Foreign Minister Joseph Wu and meet with Legislative Speaker Han Guoyu. Taiwan shares rallied on Thursday, lifted by outstanding figures posted by U.S. tech company NVIDIA at its Q4 earnings call. Among the companies that rallied was TSMC, which gained 11 NT to close at 692 NT. The TIEX reached a record-breaking peak of 18,881 points during morning trading. It ended the day closing up at 176 points at 18,852 on turnover of 397 billion NT dollars. TSMC's new fab in Japan's Kumamoto Prefecture is set to hold its inauguration ceremony this Saturday. Already, employees are working at the TSMC complex, which is located in the rural town of Kikuyo. Our correspondent in Japan takes us for a look at what a regular day looks like at the plant. This is the nearest train station to TSMC's plant. Every day before 7 a.m., shuttle buses pick up employees here and take them to the semiconductor park. People stand in line waiting for the bus. TSMC's fab in Kumamoto is located far afield, about seven minutes away from the train station by car. That's why employees who don't drive must take a shuttle bus to work. The 14 shuttles depart between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m., taking workers from companies including TSMC, Sony and Tokyo Electron to the semiconductor park. Six of the shuttles stop right at the entrance to the TSMC fab. I've been here for four months. It's not bad at all. I settled in just fine. More and more foreigners are coming here. For like four months, I guess. Obviously, the language barriers, but I mean, so far, I think it's fine. Japanese and Taiwanese employees have already started working at the plant. TSMC's fab in Kumamoto is located in the rural town of Kikuyo. After one year and eight months in construction, the chipmaker built its gigantic plant among crop fields. The TSMC complex is composed of a white building, which is the fab itself, and a glass building. From the Japanese-style garden outside, you can see engineers in clean room suits moving through the building, and employees catching a break and eating a meal at the cafeteria. The building's lobby is packed with flower arrangements ahead of the inauguration ceremony on Saturday. Japanese media outlet NHK has dispatched a team of 50 people to Kumamoto to cover the news, showing the fab's importance for Japan. We are covering about the semiconductor factory of TSMC, kind of like turning point for Japan related to um, semiconductor um, I mean, industry. So we are thinking it's a very important moment. TSMC has expanded in Kumamoto, investing heavily to set up to fabs in the prefecture. The move has attracted attention nationwide and is expected to boost Japan's semiconductor industry. Is artificial intelligence reliable and of benefit to mankind? 
An exhibition in Taipei seeks to answer that question. On display are a series of works by 15 local and international artists that delve into the dark side of AI. However, they also showcase the positive aspects of this emerging technology. FTV reporter Stephen Yang met the curator to find out more about the exhibition. This two-channel video installation is composed of characters, images, text, and background music. Each element is created by artificial intelligence. One side of the installation showcases the positive aspects of AI, while the other side displays AI's dark side. This work is inspired by the Hollywood Filmmakers Union strike. It explores how AI interprets news about strikes and discusses issues involving the AI Bill of Rights, the relationship between humans and AI, work ethics and bias. Uh, this is by Daito Menabi, a Japanese artist. We have here two sides of projections. So it's pretty much like a positive side of AI and negative side. So what you can see here is a kind of like a movie. So the movie, what you can see here from images, from, uh, from the movement, from even the VO and even the music are all generated by artificial intelligence. So the starting point of making this work according to the artist is because of the occasion, the strike of Hollywood. So um, the strike is about whether artificial intelligence will replace human beings in the industry of movie. One work titled VS AI Street Fighting explores the limitations and biases of AI. In the exhibition room are two gaming consoles that generate text-driven AI images. Visitors can respond to questions provided by AI-powered gadgets and compete against AI-powered devices to produce images. Regarding AI creation, we wanted people to compete with AI, so we designed this machine so that people and AI can create and compete together. What's more special is during the exhibition period, the two AIs will answer questions generated by the system, and then they will continue to compete to produce images. We are very curious about what kind of interesting content and answers the AI can produce. Another work, Unerasable Characters, by Hong Kong artist Winnie Soon, investigates the extent in which power inequality in digital infrastructure affects culture. The artist collected censored and removed textual data before putting the censored versions and the deleted text on display. According to what we know, that there is a lot of censorship in mainland China. And in mainland China, uh, what you type here is some, some keyword that will be censored or will be erased. So the artist kind of like working with a researchers in University of Hong Kong and there is a tools of Weibo School. And this research project is, uh, is keep collecting all the real erases stories. So what you can see in the exhibition is, uh, is all the collected stories. But as, as we mentioned, that they, they are all erased. So we cannot find any keywords of the erased story. But um, kind of like some keywords will be blanket or with some other characters. The artists use artificial intelligence tools to pick up all the erased story. At the same time, we try to recompose the erased story in another story. AI has become a daily part of many people's lives. The Museum of Contemporary Art Taipei is holding an exhibition to explore the dark sides of AI. 
The exhibition was co-curated by Keith Lam and Esther Chai. A total of 15 local and foreign artists and groups are exhibiting their works at the exhibition. The exhibition seeks to explore the dark sides of AI and encourage visitors to reflect on their relationship with AI. We have the power with artificial intelligence tools to make our life better. At the same time, we could be a devil to do all kinds of surveillance and all kinds of monitoring and even erase the history, erase the human being history. So it's all about the option. While we have an advanced technology, what you want to be, to be a devil or to be an angel. The exhibition will be on at the Museum of Contemporary Art, Taipei, till May. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Song Hongling in Taipei. The Taiwan Railway has released a limited edition bento meal to celebrate the Lantern Festival, featuring grilled ale as the star ingredient. On Thursday, the bento box was available at a flash sale at Taipei Main Station. But during the Taiwan Lantern Festival, it will only be available in southern Taiwan. Let's hear what people think. With inflation now, 199 NT is okay. It has eel. I think it could be a bit cheaper at around 150 NT. It's eel after all. We have launched limited edition meals before and they were well received in the south and north. The quality of the eel is high enough to be exported to Japan. It's kabayaki style using high-end ingredients. The grilled eel is paired with ingredients packed with Taiwan flavors, including shrimp from Donggang, chayoti vine shoots, and baby cabbage. The meals will be up for grabs at lunchtimes between March 1st and 10th at three locations in Tainan and Kaohsiung. Today, we take you to meet Oliver Harley, a football coach from Jamaica who has coached football in Taiwan for 20 years. In 2023, his team of Taiwanese and expats won first place in Division II and therefore earned promotion to Taiwan Premier League for the 2024 season. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang met the seasoned football coach to find out more about his career. So like this, you have to move to this side. Okay. Oh. Hailing from Jamaica, Harley was once a football player who competed in the leagues of several countries. He moved to Taiwan in 1999. At first, he coached at Taipei American School. He later, along with parents and a few other coaches, founded international soccer club Taipei, which trained at TAS and was mostly comprised of the school's students. This club was further expanded to include players from all around the world and has since been renamed Inter Taoyuan FC. I've been in Taiwan for about 20 years now and doing football. So I worked with kids, all levels, kids, teenagers, adults, men, women, um, at all different levels. It's been a good journey. And I was a footballer myself for some time. Played football in many countries. I played in the US. I played a little bit in, in Canada as well. I played here in Taiwan. Yeah, so I've played in a couple different places. In 2023, he joined the nonprofit FC Vikings as the head coach, leading the team to victory in Division Two, which is officially named the Taiwan Second Division Football League. The semi-professional team will now begin playing in the Taiwan Premier League for the first time in club history. There's a lot to do because when you're a, uh, a new team going up to the league, 
there's a lot of challenges. You know, you have to get sponsorship, you have to find players, you have to get organizational things done. The training definitely has to change because it's a different level. So um, it also means more commitment from players, from the club, because uh, we train more hours, right? So you'll go from three, four days a week to five, six days a week, right? And then a game day. Over the past 20 years of coaching football, Harley has witnessed the growth and transformation of football in Taiwan. I think Taiwan football is, is, uh, has grown a lot in my 20 years here. And I think it's, it's at a stage now where it can go to uh, really professional levels to be getting closer to what the world stage is, you know. But what does that take? It takes more commitment. It takes more commitment from players, from a community. It takes help from you know local business, from media, like you guys, to to let people know that this is uh, this is out there and this is happening. And Taiwan has a lot of talent that deserves exposure, you know. Um, so I think it's a good time for Taiwan football. Having led the team to Taiwan's semi-professional Premier League, Harley hopes to continue to mentor talented players and help football grow to an even more professional level in Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Chen Senhan in Taipei. Do you ever have insomnia? A new study from the National Health Research Institute highlights the prevalence of sleep apnea among older people. More than half of people aged over 65 have sleeping trouble, and a large number of them suffer from sleep apnea. The disorder causes a person's breathing to start and stop when they sleep. It can reduce the quality of sleep, leading to fatigue and other serious symptoms. But the majority of cases have it without knowing. The study emphasizes the need for appropriate diagnosis and treatment of this common disorder. Research shows that half of the population over 65 has sleep problems. One main cause is sleep apnea. More than half of women over 60 have the disorder, and more than 70% of men. But many of them don't even know it. Older demographics rarely exhibit hypersomnia symptoms. Instead, they tend to have sleep apnea. The most common scenario is actually to experience no symptoms, so the majority of cases are overlooked. Although it is highly prevalent, few people come into the sleep center. Sleep apnea can raise the risk of cardiovascular and cerebrovascular diseases, as well as cognitive decline and accidents caused by fatigue. It's a big hazard for the health of older people. A research team from the National Health Research Institute and Harvard University found that an unstable breathing style is the cause for most older patients of the disorder. That may mean they don't snore audibly. This leads to different treatment avenues. We give an older person a CPAP machine, and if they can't keep it on at night, the clinical physician may consider using some drugs to make their breathing more stable. Now we also have drugs which can increase the muscular function of the upper respiratory tract and open it up here, which may improve their condition. This study has a very important significance, which is that it reminds medical professionals that when we come across patients with insomnia, we should not immediately prescribe sleeping pills. Insomnia can have many, many causes. 
The results of the study have been published in prestigious international journals. Experts hope they will help patients and medical professionals to pay more attention to sleep apnea among older people, to detect the disorder sooner, and to find appropriate treatments for every patient. It's time to say goodbye to the warm weather that we've been having over the past few days. A front is set to sweep in starting today, sending temperatures plummeting into the night. Starting Friday, temps island-wide are expected to drop by 4 to 6 degrees as northeasterly winds blow in colder air. Let's hear from the Central Weather Administration. The coldest temperatures will be felt in the early morning and at night. In Taipei, daytime temps will be on the colder side. In central and southern Taiwan, there will be less cloud cover, giving way to radiative cooling. Generally speaking, lows will stay at around 14 to 15 degrees. Next Monday, another high-pressure zone will come in, bringing colder air throughout the day. Northeasterly winds may usher in even lower temperatures on Monday and Tuesday. The cold is here to stay until Tuesday before easing somewhat on Wednesday. So if you're heading out, make sure to wrap up warm.